Welcome to the heart of show business. I am your host, Alexia Melocchi. I believe in great storytelling and that every successful artist has a deep desire to express something from the heart to create a ripple effect in our society. Emotion and entertainment are closely tied together. My guests and I want to give you insider access to how the film, television, and music industry works. We will cover dreams come true, the road less travel, journey beginnings, and a lot of insight and inspiration in between. I am a successful film and television entrepreneur who came to America as a teenager to pursue my show business dreams. Are you ready for some unfiltered real talk with entertainment visionaries from all over the world? Then let's roll sound and action. Hello, hello to the Heart of Show Business listeners. It has been a minute. I started, I think a few months back, giving you a little tease about an offshoot series that is still within my podcast, The Heart of Show Business, called Hollywood Scam. And then I dropped the ball, and it's mea culpa. I have been incredibly busy navigating the expansion of film and television production in the last few months. I have been traveling. I just got back from the MIPCOM television market, which is a huge market for series, mini-series, anything content creation for television that is in the south of France, and I just returned. And of course, I look forward to giving you my thoughts on the new trends, that will probably be another episode. What I wanted to talk about is that today is my season finale. So I am going to give you a little intro on a specific incident that I call it a Hollywood scam, um, but re- so that you just understand that you don't have to be inexperienced to make mistakes in Hollywood. You can make them even when you are experienced. And I am definitely one of those people. So whenever I'm trying to teach you something or educate you through my lives, through my Facebook, through my Instagram, or even when I'm bringing on specific guests to my shows, it's always, always with the purpose of enlightening you, uplifting you, and giving you some practical tips of what it's like to navigate uh, anything that has to do with Hollywood, but even media and branding and mindset, because I do believe that, and this is really my personal mantra in the convergence between creativity, business, and mindset. So today is my last show for this season. It will be short. It will be quick. It will be a little bit of a tease of future episodes to come. I'll be doing lots more solos in the new season that should be kicking off I think right after Thanksgiving, and uh, there will be some amazing guests. I'm just going to let a few out of the bag right now, right here. One of them is actually going to be my business partner and my mother and my best friend. Yes, that can happen. You can have a family business that works and uh, works like a charm. So I'm going to have her on because I do want you to get to know her better. She is a force to be reckoned with. She has had quite a life, which 
there's going to be some announcement to be made about her life and how it's tied into the future of Little Studio Films, our production company, and our future endeavors. And because this is the season finale, for those of you who are going to be watching me on YouTube, obviously, if you're listening, you can see, but I'm wearing my Heart of Show Business sweatshirt. There will be a drop link in the show notes of where you can get yourself some swag because if you are a heart-centered content creator business person entrepreneur solopreneur doesn't really matter maybe you want to wear one of those why not so uh, make sure to check it out and i will be ready to also take some questions so this episode i'm actually putting out a request if you do have questions about anybody you want me to bring on the show anything you want to know more, questions to me, uh, I welcome them and I look forward to enlightening you more because I have been on a journey myself and uh, the past few months post-pandemic and as you may have seen. And um, I want to know about your journeys. So Hollywood Scam. Okay, so the preface, the title was very catchy. I had to say it. It doesn't mean that I'm here to talk about the business in a negative manner. I actually love the business that I'm in. Yes, it's true. I have been scammed. I have met scammers, just like some of you, I'm sure you have, as you first started out and you were learning the ropes. But I really want to go over some things that I've learned uh, in my business when I made not-so-smart deals, not-so-great deals where I trusted people, where I didn't do my due diligence, where I wasn't observing things like body language, for example, which is something that I teach in my uh, How to Pitch Like a Pro Masterclasses, and there will be some of that in my book as well. Okay, enough with the sh shameless self-promotion today. I will be getting on it. So one of the very first movies. This is actually about distribution and um, it's about relationships and how it is important to find the right partners to sell your movie, how to have realistic expectations, and also how to know when a movie is not that great. And sometimes it's best to walk away and cut your losses versus try to fix something that is already broken. One of the first movies that I, together with my business partner and my mother ever sold uh, was a feature called Commando Girls. I know this, the title sounds just interestingly 80s, but it actually was the ladies, 80s, early 90s. Um, we had just started selling independent films in the global marketplace. And uh, one of those films was brought to us by an entertainment attorney who was a friend of ours. We had successfully been selling a movie called Ghost Rider with the Lander sisters, which, and Joey Travolta, and I think, who was the guy from Greece? Oh, the name escapes me. But anyway, he was one of the, um, the bad boys on Greece. We had quite a fun little cast at the time, and we did very well. So the entertainment attorney ended up giving us um, this, this new movie called Commander Girls. And literally and technically, it was something that 
was very sellable in those period. For those of you who were not born there or in that era, we're talking circa 1989, 1990. I was just starting. I was, I think, barely 20 years old. Um there were three things that you needed to have to have a successful movie and make money because we all want to make money as well. What we do, what we love. And the three things, girls in showers, cars, explosions, and a lot of gunfights. So those were the things that people seemed to love. And of course, needless to say, this movie uh, seemed to have all of them. It was about a bunch of very, very good-looking girls in the military who were commandos, and they were traveling around the world with, like, tanks, and they were doing weaponry in the middle of a desert, and they were just going to go travel the world and solve whatever political situations was going on in the story. And the trailer was pretty good. I mean, it when we were shown the trailers, and here's the mistake. Okay, as we all know, when we go to the movies, the trailer is the best of the movie, right? So how many times have you seen a trailer in a movie theater and you go, this is going to be so good. And then you end up going to see the movie. And basically, the three minutes that were worth the ticket were actually the trailer itself. <laughs> so this was one of the examples. We were sold on this 10-minute promo that looked amazing we're like oh my god buyers are going to just jump into this and they're going to just give us so much money it's going to be ridiculous and uh, we were excited we're really really excited we were promised that the movie was going to get delivered uh, in uh, in a month's time so off we go to Cannes and uh, we just decide to the Cannes Film Festival that is to show this trailer and uh, see what what kind of business we're going to drum up. And to much to our surprise, uh, we sold so much. We're talking Japan, which of course they love that kind of stuff. I think at the time, well, it's safe to say because our company is no longer existent. So it's not like I'm revealing any private confidential information, but I think they paid us something like $200,000. And we're talking the 19 late 1980s early 90s so that's the equivalent of like a million dollars today uh calculate 20 percent commission for us the salespeople. thank you very much um awesome and uh we made that sale we made several other sales based on the trailer what we forgot to do is a couple of key things a asked to see the the full script to see where that story was going to begin with uh, second, we wanted to find out if the film was really fully financed, which we found out later that it wasn't, that all we saw was what was actually shot. And they were trying to basically use the money for from the sales to completing the movie, but they didn't give us that piece of information, right? So we are making sales, we're in Cannes, we're coming back with like literally suitcases full of money. And uh, there is um, a little problem, which is we start getting pressured by, at the time, the entertainment attorney representing the movie saying, well, can we start getting some deposits? We get the deposit. Mistake number two, mistake number two, um, you do not give your deposits away 
unless you have the guarantee of the completion date of the film and you keep them in an escrow account and you do not give them out. But we wanting so much and so enthusiastically wanting to prove to this entertainment attorney that we were such good salespeople, uh, we just wrote the check without any invoices, with anything. And the deposit alone was a lot. It was like $40,000, $50,000. And there was like other deposits. So it was probably like $200,000 in deposits. And we just handed them over to the entertainment attorney. And uh, a few months go by and we're asking, when is the movie being delivered? And there is still no delivery date. There is still no delivery date. There is still no delivery date. I'm repeating it multiple times, which is something that you always want to ask. Okay, so what have we learned so far from this? We have learned that the trailer is not the movie, and therefore it is always wise to read a whole script. If you are a financier looking to produce a movie, if you're a producer looking to partner up with someone else on a project, if you're a filmmaker looking to get hired to direct, always ask for the material. And that's step number one. Step number two would be to know when the movie is going to get delivered and to make sure that it was already fully financed to begin with, which we just took on by a statement. Yes, it is financed. And we were very trusting. So a few months go by and needless to say, our distributors are getting very, very antsy because, because they have a schedule to release a movie, especially the Asian ones who love action and love hot girls. So they were like, yes, we want to release this. You know, we paid a lot of money for it. And finally, we get invited to the screening of the film in a pro and never forget the day. And literally, we see the movie. And I'm only going to say to you this much. The rest of the movie was shot. Probably with like unknown actors in a little tiny cubicle with like no production design, nothing. So they just basically went on and filled the gaps of this first 20 minutes of action stuff by just putting a bunch of talking heads reporting news on that on those action scenes that you were seeing and then there was some sort of like little montage of the hot girls in Cannes which by the way I forgot to mention that the director at the time uh, who then I found out was holding also the movie hostage to get more money, that's like another story. So even the poor entertainment attorneys and the original producers, they got scammed themselves because the director was a nut job and he decided to hold the movie hostage. And what he had done is he had shown up at the Cannes Film Festival where we were selling on the money of the financier slash entertainment attorney. And he started walking up and down the closet, which is the main area of the Cannes Film Festival where you see all the posters of the films and everything. And he started walking up and down with his beautiful girls in like cargo uh, pants and army gear and fake guns. And, and he would be filming them. And they would be like going into the lobby of the hotels. <laughs> Pre-9-11, clearly, <laughs> they did not get arrested at the time with fake guns. And they would be standing in front of the lobby with those guns. And the people would be taking pictures. And 
people were thinking this is a promo for some studio movie. No, it was not. They were just shooting random footage to make it look like an international global action production and thriller. So this is basically what happened. So we see the movie, whatever. I don't even think it's called the movie. It was a patchwork of something. And we were livid. We go straight to the attorney and we say to him, we want the money back right now. That deposit, that check that we gave you, did you deposit it yet? He said, no. I said, you need to return it to us right here, right now, because we simply cannot deliver this type of movie to our buyers. And thank God, God bless him. He was a very honest entertainment attorney. One of those few ones, not want to say anything bad about attorneys in Hollywood, but you know, listen, there, some of them are not the easiest to deal with. However, he was lovely and he gave us some money back. So that was one save. The problem was that now, we were going to have some ruined relationships with our distributors and especially the Asians. They're very much about honor and uh, they had already started promoting the film. And now we had to tell them that there was no film. And when we told them that the movie was really bad, they were like, it's okay. We'll take it. We'll take it anyway. And we said, no, we cannot give you this movie. This is another sales company like in that world at the time, what they would have done and there is purpose to this mad uh, decision of ours that we made, uh, which is returning the money to the distributor, including our own commission, was that back in those days when there were situations like this, and they happened a lot, by the way, um, they would just say, oh, don't worry, I'll give you a credit towards another movie. You as a distributor will get a first look on my next film that I'm selling and they would try anything not to return that money. We just could not do that for us. Our reputation was everything. Our honor was everything at the time. And uh, which is why we're still here, by the way, people, we are still here in the business. I've been doing this for 30 years. And so has my mother. We've been through ups and downs. We have had our share of um, crazies. Uh, trying to tear us down. But there is one thing that somebody can never, ever, ever um, find fault in us. And that is our reputation and our honor and our integrity. That is something that we live by. And uh, I think that's something that you want to have as a content creator, as a sales company, as a producer, doesn't matter what your role, honor, integrity, and reputation should be like literally framed on your wall and that's the number one rule or secret for me it's not a secret it's obvious but for some can be for longevity in the business so we basically return the money to the asian clients and to many other people who gave the deposits and i'll tell you something very strange that happened as a result um because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel for a while, no Japanese distributor wanted to do business with us because they did speak among them. And even though we were not at fault because we did return the money, they just did not want to come to us. But that distributor who we returned the money to, literally, we had not seen him in probably five or six years. And one day we bumped into him in some film market, probably the American film market, and he bowed down to both me and my mother. And that's a great honor 
when a Japanese distributor bows down to you, both because we were women, but also because, you know, we usually should be bowing down to them. They bow down to us. And that was worth the sacrifice of swallowing the scam, quote unquote, and uh, returning that money. And to that date, that distributor, or at least the CEO of that company, went on to become one of the biggest players in Japan. And he became CEO of, I think it was Sony, one of the big ones, you know, uh, Samsung, something. And two, from that moment on, whenever he would bump into us, he would actually not even just bow down, but reach out and give us a hug. Again, cultural translation that never happens with um, Asian businessmen, but he did hug us. So there is a light to the end of the tunnel. So the lesson to this is that I also made a mistake as you know, a person trying to sell a movie, getting enthusiastic wanting to make money, wanting to make my uh, financier happy because he had given us the first movie that we ever sold or one of the first ones and we wanted to do right by him. But one of the things that we forgot to do is our due diligence. And also we did not trust our gut. We just did not like that director. We thought there was something very fishy about him being in the Cannes Film Festival, just showing off and just with those girls and oh my gosh, there was no Me Too movement right there, right? Because that would have been not good. Um, so it wasn't a good moment. It wasn't a highlight of my professional career and our company. Uh, not many people know this backstory. I'm finally able to let the cat out of the bag, except for obviously people within our circles who know it. But I wanted to share this because I think it is valid today as it was back then. Your reputation is everything. And the other thing that you need to do is as much as you see the potential for making money into something, still do your research because we all want to say, oh, this is going to be a great success. I am a victim of that myself. You know, um, my clients always say to me, I'm always the one who inspires me and make them think that everything is possible. Everything is possible as long as you use caution to get there. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. It's my final one for this season. Uh, make sure to check out some of my past guests. I've had quite a few good ones. And even though some of them may not be movie people or showbiz people, they certainly have some wisdom gems to give you all. And uh, from life coaches to best-selling authors to professional speakers, to uh, just interesting people, people who do advocacy for animals. That's why I do what I do. So um, there will be lots more. This was the first one of probably, yeah, it's still ongoing, uh, but I will reveal those every once in a while. I'll be doing more solo episodes and uh, hopefully you will learn some things on uh, the behind the scenes of Hollywood because what you do know is um, and I know that uh, that's something that is very very important you want to have knowledge you want to be responsible and you want to be able to control your situations 
And if one of those elements is goes out of whack, it's going to affect everything else. So in that case, I did have the responsibility, but um, I lost control and I refused knowledge. I did know, I did have the knowledge, but somehow I refused it by um, just taking people for their world. And just because I am somebody who keeps their word doesn't mean somebody else will. So again, we have to all learn to read people better. And uh, that's going to be something that I encourage you all to do not just to get good at screenwriting, directing, producing, selling, buying, but I encourage you to continue to grow and uh, both from a business perspective, learn from those great um, life coaches, from those great business coaches, because they've been there, they've done that. And literally business applies in every area, even in creative arts. So get to know your business. It's not a business degree that is going to make you successful is what we call the school of hard knocks. It's street smarts and uh, and intellect, a good combination of all those things. So make sure you hone in those skills. They're in you and you just have to tap into them and grab your life by the B-A-L-L-S and keep on swimming, my friends. Keep on swimming up upstream and you will succeed. And thank you all for listening. And this is the Heart of Show Business over and out. Make sure you check in the show notes. Make sure to drop in questions. DM me on my social. Buy some swag if you feel so inquired. Write to me if there's any special guests you want me to bring in into the new season. And trust me, the next one is going to be truly special. And I will come and give you guys some more wisdom nuggets because I do feel that those episodes seem to be the most downloaded, the ones where I go on solo and I talk about myself <laughs> like I did right now and I rant and rave, and uh, but hopefully I do so in an entertaining manner. Have a beautiful day or evening wherever you are. And it's a wrap for this season of The Heart of Show Business. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Heart of Show Business. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at theheartofshowbusiness.com.